Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for choosing Pilot Program. We ask that you please fasten your seatbelts and put your tray tables in the upright and locked position. Enjoy your flight. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me. Let's fly Good afternoon, passengers. This is your captain, Chase Kennecke, speaking. The date is October 13th, 2022. The current weather is cloudy uh, and we're at uh, around 60 degrees here and along with me is my co-pilot pierce corshane hello pierce uh we didn't discuss this ahead of time we did not hello. <laughs> but uh is this what you plan to open every show with uh yes absolutely sir <laughs> oh, strap long, in folks <laughs> be a long podcast i'm a i'm a prisoner on this flight <laughs> <laughs> um well, it gets better, Pierce, because uh, today your in-flight program will be <laughs> the television show Seinfeld. Um, but first, you know, being our first episode, I guess we should explain to the people. Uh, welcome to Pilot Program. This is uh, this is a podcast that's been years in the making. Uh, or talked about, yeah. Talked it's, about, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Google messages have been exchanged occasionally about this. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, hey, do you want to do this podcast? And then the other person going, nah, not really. <laughs> but I wore him down, well, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> one person. One person yeah. said not. Yeah, just just one. Uh, anyway, the the idea for this show, I, I'm a person who doesn't like long-term projects. Uh, it's uh, It's been a problem that I've had. I, it's like, it's not... It's not ADD or ADHD. It, it's just, hey, I like to not feel trapped in a thing. So it's nice. You're to afraid of commitment. This sure. is textbook afraid of commitment. Sure. So what if we had a podcast where we only had to watch one episode of a television show each time? And we don't even have to stay with that show. In fact, we can't stay with that show. We only watch the very first episode of of every tv show ever made it's gonna be a long podcast uh you know this one hopefully will not be like super long but like just it's gonna be a long running podcast uh as we try to analyze the pilot episodes of every single television show ever made we're not doing this alphabetically or chronologically we're just kind of picking picking and choosing um but yeah that that's kind of where this came from it's uh, also i just think tv pilots are really interesting in that they They are, are yeah they're a first stab. It's um, it, it's before you've rounded off the edges. Uh, it's you know sometimes there are going to be actors and actresses that didn't make the full show. We're gonna have one of those here um, as we talk about Seinfeld, and and I just think they're really interesting. And I think this show is also gonna be interesting because we're gonna have a few different types of episodes as we do this. This episode, uh, we chose first, Seinfeld first, because it is, uh, I would say, a core tenant of our uh, friendship. <laughs> um, it is, yep. We, we have bonded over this show over the years. I would say it's one of our favorite shows, if not our favorite show up there. Uh, I, yeah, I'd put it in my top three. I, yeah, I would as well. Um, and, and because it's a show we know so well, 
I think these are going to be interesting episodes where we talk about the Seinfeld pilot knowing where it went from there. And, and we can comment on those things. There's going to be other episodes where Pierce may have seen the show and I haven't, or vice versa. And I think those are also going to be interesting as we have one person go, well, I think this is where the show might go. And then the other person can go, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, or, or we can just spoil the shit out. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, and then we're going to have episodes uh, like the one we're planning on doing next week where neither, or not next week, next time we do this. I'm not, we're not signing up for a weekly podcast. Pierce would kill me. Uh, I barely got him to do this to begin with. Uh, uh, um, and then there will be other episodes where neither of us have watched the show and we get to come into it completely blind. And I think those will also be very interesting shows where we just kind of theorize shit and, and see what happens. Uh, and, and the other thing I'd like to see out of this show is whether we stick with things. Like Seinfeld, we can't stick with it. We've we've been sticking with it forever. Uh, but if we watch another show that neither of us have seen or one of us hasn't seen, I'd like to come back the next time we do one of these and go, hey, you, you watched the pilot. Did you watch episode two? Did you watch the first season? How, how are you finding it as you go on? So we'll, we'll also have a little check-in time before we kind of get into the episode proper each time um, to, to check on that and maybe talk about some other television shows. But that's generally what we're doing here. Um, Pierce, anything you want to add before we yeah, uh, I, get going? Yeah, I think I have the opposite uh, approach to these sorts of things than you do, in that I'm someone who will struggle to finish things despite my best interests. I will struggle through books, even though I'm not enjoying them. I will watch seasons of shows, even though I'm waiting for it to get good again. Hmm. Uh, so this is probably a good psychological experiment for me. Uh, this is just therapy. Just, just that's all podcasking is. Is, is some or form I'm of therapy for the going speakers. To break you as, as you feel obligated to watch yeah. every single show we we talk about to completion, it's going to be. It's going fun. to be very good that for me that I can just walk away and that it's okay to walk away. You know, we had a conversation a, a long time ago. This was back when we were in college together, where I was talking about some song that I liked, and you said, "Oh yeah, that's a really good album." I'm like, oh, I, I haven't listened to the album. And you uh, admonished me that you're not allowed. Uh, this was college. Okay, this is 15 years ago at this point. Yes, yeah. this is college Pierce where uh, everything had to be done his way. Uh, and if you didn't do it Pierce's way, you were doing it wrong. Uh, I'm not I'm sure like probably, that anymore. <laughs> eh, hmm. Okay. Uh, um, but Pierce admonished me. Uh, what are you doing? You have to listen to the whole album. And you need to listen to it. You know, front to back. You know, I'm like, I, dude, this is the iPod generation. I like to shuffle music. I like to just listen to the songs I like. It's only that's, gotten worse. That's not what the artist intended, man. Um, so yes, we're we're seeing that come out a little bit through our television watching habits as well. It seems. Um, anyway, let's well, let's and, get in. Oh, and like you ahead. said, I mean, what, one more, yeah. Like you said about pilots, is they are sort of like this messy, rough draft. So they're easy for me to also uh, acknowledge that they are separate from the actual show, especially a lot of these network shows that we're going to be talking about. Right. I think less so if you get into some of the newer shows, their pilots are just the first episode. Like you, the, the pilots aren't available to, to totally. View. Yes. House of dragons didn't have a pilot. It just right. had a first episode. Um, and, and I guess that's another caveat we should say about this is that we're, it's called pilot program, but we're watching the first episodes of things. 
It's, mm -hmm. you know, occasionally we will not have uh, a pilot was never aired or will not have access to a pilot. Um, but we watch the first episodes of whatever we're talking about. In the case of Seinfeld, the first episode is the pilot that they, they did. In fact, it's, it's a very interesting pilot to talk about. And we'll get into that. So... Pierce, if you're ready, I think uh, we can start talking about Seinfeld and talk about some slap bass. Except there is no slap bass. Uh, no, that was a keyboard. I, well, shut up. There, there are bass <laughs> sounds. Uh, but there's no bass sounds in this first episode because it's some hip-hoppy uh, percussion-y track underneath and it sounds wrong. The show's called The Seinfeld Chronicles instead of Seinfeld. It's just, oh my God, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, first things first, though. Uh, the Seinfeld Chronicles, Seinfeld Pilot, episode one, aired, uh, aired uh, July 5th, 1989 on NBC. It was written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld and directed by Art Wolf. Art Wolf also worked on The Tracy Ullman Show and It's Gary, Sh it's Gary Shandling Show. Seinfeld stars Jerry Seinfeld, Michael Richards, Lee Garlington, who's that? We'll tell you, and Jason Alexander. Um, why don't we talk about how this even came to be before we get into the, the episode itself? So Seinfeld began, or the Seinfeld Chronicles, whatever, we're going to use those interchangeably, yep. Uh, yep. began when NBC approached Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, uh, at the time, uh, a successful stand-up comedian. Uh, and they wanted to work with him and have him do something with the network. This uh, would become a 90-minute special that would air in place of an episode of in SNL for one week when SNL was going to be off. And the idea was about how comedians come up with their material. Jerry would tap his friend and fellow comedian Larry David to co-write this special. And then as they were writing it, they were feeling like, ah, it's kind of difficult to keep up the momentum uh, for 90 full minutes, what if we turned this into a 30-minute pilot for a potential series? And NBC bid on it and said, sure. Uh, and that's I, the pilot that we get here. Now, Pierce, yep. because I like putting you on the spot for things, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to give us a 30,000-foot view of what happens in uh, the pilot of Seinfeld. Tell, tell me the plot it, of Seinfeld, episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think very famously, it's a show about nothing, uh, and that's not really established until later on in the series. Mm -hmm. um, it opens on Jerry and his friend George in a, I, I guess it's a diner, like you, you put in the notes shop. here. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like, if you've been to New York, you see a lot of these 24-hour diners, and it doesn't even quite look like that. It sort of looks like a cross between a a cafe you'd see in the Midwest and like mm -hmm. a New York uh, diner. Yeah. It's like, and, if, uh, it's like if a Perkins had tile walls. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> accurate because they're sitting They're also like later on. And, and I'm going to try not to talk about later on too much, but it's, it's hard when you're comparing it to the pilot, but later this on, they're not primarily a 30, thousand foot view Pierce. I'm, I know I'm asking you to so, summarize the plot for me, baby. They're sitting at a table and they're talking about, um, uh, a, a, a woman coming into town that Jerry met in Michigan and George is sort of analyzing what she told Jerry to predict whether or not she'd be romantically interested in mm -hmm. Jerry. So it starts off with a very kind of basic, like men not understanding women 
plot and trying to decipher their oh coded language um and from there it 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 travels on through jerry's sort of day-to-day life they go to the laundromat they're sitting at home um you meet who would be kramer late at stumbling into jerry's apartment oh late you mean at night. kessler kessler yeah well jerry's watching a mets game and then you know the the woman eventually shows up they're at they're at the airport and they try to decipher what it means the the meeting between them at the airport and I mean, do you want me to tell the ending of the episode yeah, as well? I want, I want you to, I, I, honestly, I want you to do this in like four sentences, but, uh, you know, just. No, just... impossible. This is the first episode. Uh, and at the end, uh, Jerry has the, uh, the woman doesn't have a place to stay in, in the city. And so she stays with Jerry and Jerry thinks this is leading somewhere that this, she's romantically interested in him. And then right at the end, you discover that she is engaged and therefore is not interested in him at all. And he commits to a five hour tour around Manhattan. Um, so it's kind of this long, all this speculation and nothing comes of it. Um, right. Which, you know, the, the show being a show about nothing later on is at the thesis is in this pilot right yeah. there. And, and I think, you know, we, we say a show about nothing and that's become the, the running gag and it's even something that they codified in Seinfeld in later seasons when Jerry and George, begin writing a pilot for NBC in universe uh, mm-hmm. and they pitch it as a show about nothing, but it, it does. I, I think especially in this first episode, it really does go back to what that 90 minute special was about. It's about how comedians get their material. And you see that in this episode where you have more frequent cuts. Now, if you watch, if you watch later middle seasons of Seinfeld, you'll see uh, hey, there's like a Jerry stand-up bit because he's a stand-up comedian still in the show as well. There's a stand-up bit at the beginning of the episode. There's a stand-up bit at the end of the episode. And they those things will touch on things that kind of happen in the episode in one way or another. Um, this happens a lot more frequently in this very first season. And uh, to the point where you kind of, you kind of cut the different scenes with uh, Jerry's stand-up. And so they're at the laundromat, like you said, on on one of the scenes. And then after that, here's Seinfeld talking about, oh, you know, the the clothes there, you know, that's their getaway. That's their time. You got the socks. You stay here. I'm going to I'm going to get out of here. sew buttons on my face and go to a puppet show. Um, So in that sense, I think it does kind of hearken to that idea that this is where comedians get their material. Jerry was at the laundromat here with his friend and was thinking about clothes. And now it showed up in his act. That's how it happens, folks. Uh, so I, I think that still ends up being the real thesis of the show, even though it's very funny to say it's a show about nothing, uh, because it, it is just a show about these people in, you know, relatively normal situations that then they take to extremes because it is a television show and we have to show, uh, you know, some exaggeration because that's where the comedy goes. Sure. They're also self-involved and... Sure. Who People of means that can, yeah, exactly. That they they are comfortable enough that neither none of them really have to work all that hard. Right. But that's for uh, another episode. So go, going back to the top, uh, we mentioned the music. The music. Uh, you know, Seinfeld has some pretty iconic music with the the mouth sounds and the uh, you know the bass guitar and the triangles, and that's just not here. It's it's just this generic hip hop percussion, and it just makes it feel very weird and that's the whole the, the weirdness of being a pilot you you talked about the 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 restaurant they're in at the beginning that is not monk's coffee shop that we are uh, we're uh, accustomed to 
this place is called Pete's Luncheonette. Fuck that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That'll never last. What do you mean? I'm doing? surprised they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Uh, also, we, we've mentioned Seinfeld Chronicles before. The er, other early names for the for the show was Stand Up or Jerry's Stand Up Diary or the Jerry Seinfeld Show, which um, I don't think any of those. The Jerry bad. Seinfeld Show could have worked. It would have been fine. Plenty it, of. It would have yeah, been, been fine. It would have been a lot like many other shows at the time. I uh, did. I did a quick thing. cursory research uh, to try to find out how just how popular Jerry Seinfeld was as a comedian in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Because when I think of 1980s comedians, I think of Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams. <laughs> I guess that's it. Like those I would two. Say, uh, Bill Cosby would still be big at this time. Uh, well, I would and... say that because Jerry Seinfeld is a huge fan of Bill Cosby, and I think that does okay. affect his comedy. I know we have issues with Bill Cosby today. Uh, very valid issues with Bill Cosby today. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to do the Cosby show on this uh, on pilot program, <laughs> but if we do, we might have to talk about it. Um, but uh, there is, I think there's a reason NBC came to, to Seinfeld for something like this, and that is because he's a pretty clean comedian. He sure. doesn't work blue, and I think that comes from his love of, of Bill Cosby because that was also the idea is that you know, Bill Cosby's going to go out there, and he's a, a relatively safe comedian. So it is, it is funny. Uh, it is uh, very white <laughs> in yeah. in his style of comedy, uh, it, and white. I guess you kind of translate into really fucking lame. <laughs> um, yeah, in, the, in this the, instance. the stand-up portions are the throughout the show are very difficult to watch because not because they're. I mean, there's some stuff that is perhaps like mildly offensive they're, they're microaggressions in, mm-hmm. in this day and age but for the most part it's just very boring it's a there is there's very little comedy that happens in the stand-up uh, uh interludes that will make you laugh it, or it's, will even it's, make you chuckle <laughs> it's like a little bit like a child's joke book kind of thing uh, yeah a little bit yeah that, it's the bathroom the reader of... uh in stand-up form Maybe maybe this was the cutting edge in you know 1989, but uh, in here it's it's just a little bit a little bit a little bit less so. Um, yeah, it. You know, I've actually you know, for for research, I'm holding this up. Nobody can see it because this is an audio podcast. But I've been mm-hmm. reading Jerry Seinfeld's book or one of his books called Sign Language, which is a funny title. Um, and it's it's just a collection of his stand-up comedy, and I think it works even worse in the written form. <laughs> uh, one of the great things about Seinfeld, in fact, it's one of the things mentioned in the book of like, hey, you kind of shouldn't even read this book. Part of the comedy is the timing, is the faces, mm-hmm. is the it's just the the attitude you're that he exudes when he's on stage. Uh, even if I don't think the jokes land super well in 2022 there is still a physicality to his comedy that uh works even less in the written word Uh, yeah absolutely it's difficult Uh, something we both touched on in our notes which we took independently was Mm -hmm. which characters are fully realized and which characters aren't and right off the bat george is pretty much the george you see throughout the series which is neurotic um sexually frustrated and he, in that opening conversation, when he's analyzing the words of this woman he's never met, he's projecting all of his own insecurities on mm-hmm. onto Jerry and onto this woman. And I think 
in like stripped of the context of that character in a book form, Jerry Seinfeld writing about the difference. Like I'm trying to find the, what the actual. Oh, she says she has to come into the the city. Has to and like has to has, come in. Yeah, exactly. And maybe J- maybe we'll see each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jerry Jerry writing about that in a book and being like, isn't it funny how we. I don't even know where the joke is actually there. I tried saying it and I just completely lost all confidence as soon as I said it because it's not a joke. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's not funny in itself. But when you put it into the into the mouth of Jason Alexander and this, this like balding, overweight, like short Jewish guy, yeah, like, yeah. Said, it's, yes. it's very funny. Yeah. And, and I think you're exactly right in that, like, even if that book contains all the secrets to, to Seinfeld or, at least has all the words to Seinfeld in it, mm-hmm. the secrets aren't there because the the special sauce, whatever that made this a successful show, is completely contingent on the actors and the and the characters. Totally. In like a similar way, I also read the I didn't read the whole script, because uh, that would be going too far, Pierce, <laughs> but I did read some of the script for this initial episode. And while it's all there on the page that, you know, George makes, I don't think it says George makes a hand motion, but it, it does, there is the had to, question mark, had to uh, mm-hmm. come in, maybe we'll get together. Like, all that's written Italics. on the page, but there is, like, a Jason Alexander, he has a theatrical background, so he is, he's bringing that here. We talked about physicality with, with Jerry's stand-up, but there's a physicality to the way that Jason Alexander is moving his hands and gesturing and, you know, the I, I think he goes a little bit too far in the the next scene at the laundromat where he drops to his knees. Like we talked about this already. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. We, that's that's maybe a little too far. You also mentioned in this very first scene in your notes that he holds up a pen like he's talking into a microphone at like a congressional hearing that yeah. is is also a little bit outside of what we uh, think about when we think about Seinfeld because that's there's just like an overact in there compared to just the whip smart writing that you'd see without the extra theatrics that you that we would come and know to love about Seinfeld's you know middle and later episodes. Yeah. There's uh, a there is a uh they don't need to explain the joke very often in mm-hmm. in later seasons and I think there is a almost insecurity in writing a pilot and that you're showing it to people. I mean they show it to the public eventually, but your primary people that you're trying to sell it to are executives and let's just say they're probably not the most comedically savvy people in the world. So I understand like capitulating a little bit. In fact, we, we can kind of, we've been burying the lead a little bit here. This was a, this was a famously uh, unsuccessful pilot. They, they made this episode, they tested it and it didn't test very well. Uh, you had uh, some focus groups and some executives who thought the show was "quote unquote" too Jewish, uh, too too much Ooh. about New York. Um, they thought that Seinfeld was funny, but they they didn't really mention that he had a good supporting cast, which is insane. Because I still think George is the best part of this episode, and certainly the best part of uh, the series, in my opinion. Um, we didn't have we didn't have a lane at this time. We'll, we'll talk about that, um, but it, it didn't go over well. And in fact, uh, let me let me go down to my notes here. With we've got the uh, the legacy thing here. So test audiences were enthused, and NBC passed on ordering a season. But despite that, they still broadcasted the pilot anyway, just as hey, 
you know, why don't, why don't we just see how audiences think about this? And the larger television audience and critics reacted much more positively. And, and in fact, one critic was even said, it's, it's a shame that a show like this is not getting picked up for a full season when the writing in it is so smart compared to a lot of the other things we're seeing on TV. And they thought that was a shame. And there was, I think it's wild. It's wild that they, they publicize this, that they put it on on TV anyway. Yeah. That an executive didn't kill it. I think this was more just of its era where, hey, sometimes you had stuff and you just run it to just see what happens. I don't think that happens nearly as much these days. There's still still certainly shows that come out and get a small run and don't do well and are taken off or, or are canceled before they finish their first season. But... I yeah, I don't really remember seeing too many times where a, a pilot would just be shown of like, hey, this is something that could have happened, but we passed on it, so it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> anyway, there was an NBC executive named Rick Ludwin who uh, inf- offered up some of his personal show budget for the year at NBC uh, to because he believed in this project, and once it got a little bit of positive buzz from being broadcasted, um, they eventually got NBC proper to order. A, a four episode season which at the time and i believe it still is the smallest order in u.s television history uh and it kind of worked out i would say uh, <laughs> but that is why the first season of seinfeld is only five episodes long you have the pilot and then the four that they mm-hmm. ordered and it's extremely short compared to any of the other seasons of the show um they would actually broadcast that pilot again. So it, it broadcasted, like we said, July 5th, 1989, but they would broadcast the pilot again a year later, May 30th, 1990. Um, and, and then they, that, that just became episode one, uh, because then they'd spent that year making those other four episodes and, and putting those out. And of course we know Seinfeld would eventually become one of the uh, top rated shows of all time. So, uh, I, we keep going back to the coffee shop, but I, I sure. think this is, we have to come back to it again because we do need to mention something about the cast. We mentioned Jerry Seinfeld and, and Jason Alexander and Michael Richards, Seinfeld cast members from episode one to the final episode. Uh, but there is another person in here that we uh, didn't really mention, and that is Lee Garlington, who plays Claire the Waitress. And this is the only episode she shows up in. Uh, and she's an interesting character. I, I'd say she feels like she's coming in from a different show here, wouldn't you say? Like she's got a little bit. Her, she's got her own style of comedy. It's very dry. Uh, I actually think she gets some of the best lines in this whole pilot. Uh, George, George's, like you said, the idea is that um, Jerry's trying to figure out the signals that this woman is giving him, and George is very adamant that she's not wanting to see her see him because of the 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 maybes and the and the had to come in and so he asked claire he's like claire you're a woman and she goes oh what gave it away george and ha ah, that's a nice big laugh and the the decaf left regular right uh, that she talks about because george doesn't want caffeinated coffee um I, I think those are pretty good lines but she like that's her only scene in this whole episode and she never shows back up again and when they started the show proper they one of the one of the notes was that or i don't think it was even a note i think it was was larry and jay and jerry were discussing it and thinking they that having claire as a waitress compared to the other more um upper class 
people compared to compared to her working class made a divide that didn't work as well especially when you tried to bring claire into other scenes how do you get claire out of the the restaurant um, and i think that shows in the pilot because she only shows up in that very first scene she's not she's not there to be uh, uh one of the core four and mm-hmm. you see in the sep- second episode the stakeout where they immediately introduce elaine she's in the very first scene they establish that she and jerry dated and she's very core to that full episode because she's the one driving the plot of jerry you need to come with me to uh my friend's birthday party so elaine the elaine character has some of that claire in her where she she does get some of that dry humor but she is on a similar class level as the rest of the cast which allows her to be more versatile in the in the positions that they place her within episodes um so you know, pour one out for Claire. I um, know, and it's it's such a, a shame because she is really good in this in this one episode, and they found a way to have recurring characters who existed in different socioeconomic levels, yeah. different backgrounds throughout the show, and they did it like in a in a really like some of the most famous some some of the most famous characters in Seinfeld are people that have only appeared in seven or eight episodes, sure. and yet their appearances are so memorable that you think they would have been in fifty of them. Yeah, I mean, and some, she, some she could have been two. one of them. The, the soup Nazi yeah. is only in two soup episodes, Nazi, yeah. but soup Nazi is one of the the best characters, or the, at least the most memorable characters that we that we know for sure. Yeah, there are people um, at monks that are recurring also. So mm-hmm. it's like, why didn't I don't know it? Yeah, I, so I feel. Talk... What, what was the name of the uh, actor? Lee Garlington. Yeah, Lee Garlington. Like I, I would be fascinated to, to hear what Lee Garlington thinks about this show later I'm, on. Like, was I'm it a misopportunity? Sure she... Was there something that prevented her from? I'm sure she's talked being about it. Uh, I did not look up anything with that. I, I think I looked up her IMDb, and she had. I mean, she definitely acted in some other shows as well. So she, you know, it's. She kind of missed her big break with Seinfeld, but she had other shows that she was she was a part of. Um, you talked about characters who kind of came out fully formed. George, absolutely fully formed. Um, and I think that probably comes from George being a, a um, cipher? That's not the right word I'm looking for. Like, he's he is basically Larry David. He is the embodiment of Larry David's sure. show. A lot of the eccentricities that you get with uh, Larry David you you just put right onto George and so that's why I think he comes out more fully formed than other characters. Jerry is pretty close to where he ends up. I mean, he's not a super neat freak at this point. He does he does mention wanting to clean up the bathroom before the the woman gets there, um, but it's it's not so much that he's a germaphobe that that shows up in later episodes and seasons. Um, one that obviously is not fully formed is Kramer slash Kessler uh, because his name's not <laughs> yeah. even there. Uh, Kramer is the name of, uh, I, I think, uh, what, what's his actual name? Um, oh, I had that written down. I mean, not, not, not the actor. Um, the, the character he's based off of? Yeah. His, the actual Kenny Kramer. That's his name. Kenny Kramer was, oh, okay. was Larry David's actual neighbor and Kramer of the show is based heavily off of that. Um, but they they didn't want to get sued at the time so they named him kessler for the the pilot jerry seinfeld said hey kramer's actually a really great name we should just go with it 
so they did go with it for when the actual show happens. I think they 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 actually explain away why he was called Kessler in the first episode at one point. Uh, much much further down, somebody mentions it, and he really, goes, oh, yeah, it was it was something like that was the name on his mailbox, and he didn't want to change it or something. Okay. I, I can't I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but uh, but then also Kenny Kramer did uh, talk to strongly talk to NBC, and he uh, he got an undisclosed sum for his naming rights to to allow them to actually keep the credit. Think of him, yeah. <laughs> Um, but other things about Kramer who, that that are not fully fleshed out. One, he's got a dog here. We never see that dog again. Uh, no. that, that that dog is just not a thing. Um, you mentioned in your notes that he's uh, he's also kind of listed as a shut in here. There's a there's a joke. Yeah, Jerry says Jerry says he hasn't been years. outside the building in ten years. Right, which uh, is very much not Kramer. No, like Kramer, Kramer's got all these friends, Bob Sacamano, and, and mm-hmm. he, he knows and Mickey, guys yeah. everywhere. And um, the, yeah, it's, it's very much not not in line with what he is. Also, just his clothing. He's he, he, you really only see him a couple times, uh, but he's wearing a bathrobe with cargo shorts and a, and a T-shirt, which is he's very unshaven. different. Yeah, he's unshaven. His hair is not nearly as high as it would get in the in the show proper. He's close. I mean, he, he comes in, he asks for meat uh, by mm-hmm. holding out two pieces of sandwich bread like he's got his pockets extended because he's because he's so meat broke, I suppose. <laughs> uh, um, and I mean, he he doesn't slam open the door. He knocks. In fact, holy shit, he knocks on the door. That's not that's not the fucking Kramer. I know. What are you doing? He's got to he's got to come blasting through the door and, and skidding in and he does not do that in this uh because that's just not what the character was at this time um but you know eventually he would get to kind of his more casual wear and slacks and uh you know get his crazy hair and uh you know that would that would certainly become more a part of the character as they would continue on i think actually even from the second episode it he's much more well realized in what kramer's the kramer we know is from what he is in the pilot uh, well and, and what you said one. about well, sorry, just real quick, what you said about uh, the waitress, I think, is the same thing, the same problem, that you can't have a shut-in character because you've just limited his sure. ability to change and grow and put him into funny situations. Yeah. And the fact that he's a man about town later on in the show is probably just a condition of writing as much as it is about Kramer's ability to portray all these different types mm-hmm. of people that he eventually does. Yeah, and I think even just tonally in the show, uh, it it's a different it's a different thing it's it's maybe a little subtle because the show is the show is kind of always about dating and relationships somebody is dating somebody at any one time and we have to talk about who the dates are you know whether they have man hands whether they're close talker whether they you know any any of the the things that we've uh, become mm-hmm. seinfeld isms as we've gone on but this first episode this pilot really feels much more like a show about young single men and it's not just because Elaine isn't there to balance it out. It's and it's not just the dating's uh, a central theme. Uh, it's it's that it's really the only theme you see here. The whole show, and and I think this is also a part of it being Jerry Seinfeld's show at this time. Jerry's the only guy they talk about. Like, every scene has Jerry in it. It's not you, you know how later Seinfeld seasons, um, certainly later episodes, some of the best episodes would be. Uh, some of my friends say that the best episodes are the one where each of the core four has a story within the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, one of my favorite episodes is the Frogger, and that has George with the Frogger machine. That's a very late episode, but that has George yeah, with the Frogger the machine. End, it? Yeah. it has Kramer with the the police tape, um, and I know I know Jerry and Elaine are doing a completely separate thing that all comes together. Um, but like that's the thing is that they they're all doing something, and those things interweave with each other at different points. Whereas this episode and even the second episode, the the stakeout, like we had talked about before, all of that is Jerry. It's Jerry is in this scene and then Jerry goes to that scene. And the only thing cutting between these things is more Jerry comedy. It's a very Jerry centric thing. And his whole thing in this very first season and especially this pilot is talking and getting to this girl. And so it is just a very single guy focused show but i think it comes out in other things as well you have the robe that we talked about the with with kessler kramer character uh you know just kind of disheveled looking dudes jerry's eating cereal at 1 a.m as he's trying to watch a recorded mets game uh also it was very fun watching this episode and hearing uh kramer kessler going the mets really blew it tonight after watching (laughs) the the mets in the uh the national league wild card also blow it uh fantastic let's go Mets it's the time is a flat circle (laughs) (laughs) it really is um Jerry's apartment furniture is of a a much lower quality uh than than it shows up in the show uh and then like George at one point is even wearing a bowling shirt and and like a paperboy hat which is definitely I saw this in your notes and I really liked that outfit I thought I'm not saying it's a bad outfit I'm saying it's a young single guy outfit instead of the kinds of things that we would see that character wear uh in in later episodes that is that is not something george would wear that's something Correct. a different guy would wear True. Um, so I, perhaps I, kramer yeah, yeah. I, I, yes Minus absolutely kramer, yeah. kramer is absolutely a bowling shirt kind of guy uh with with like a cardigan over the top of it that's that's definitely his thing um i i think also having jerry be the center of this episode and the center of the show in this very first season really hurts the pacing like we mentioned, every scene has Jerry in it, and I think it not being able to bounce between characters just makes the whole thing feel really slow. There are there are commentary tracks we've heard on on other episodes. There isn't a one for for the pilot, but where you have Jerry watching an episode and go, these this scene we would have gotten done in five. This would be like a. a 20 second scene if we were doing this today and it's like a three minute scene in the Mm. first season because they they they're they're quick but they're not as quick as the show got because of that that whip smart writing uh and just the pace of things things are noticeably slower here and i think a lot of that has to do with well we're really just telling one story so you kind of just slowly plod from thing to thing to thing in a linear fashion whereas other episodes would have well this is what jerry's doing that kind of sets up a thing okay let's go over to elaine let's go over to george let's go back to elaine let's get back to jerry uh and those that has there's a kineticism to that that i think makes seinfeld a really uh easy show to watch whereas this pilot is not so easy to to just sit down and watch especially for multiple viewings sure but that's also a function of budget like they they need to stretch out these these scenes because they can only use this set right and they can only Definitely use the fewer locations yeah. you're, you're right there's there's three there's three sets here it's like the it's the coffee shop it's jerry's apartment and it's the airport right and the laundromat and the laundromat four. sorry there's four yeah. there's four yeah, yeah. 
it it reminded me of and and these these shows will forever be linked as the two shows of the 1990s and that's it reminded me a lot of friends and Mm -hmm. in some of those early seasons of friends very similar just a few sets just the the people talking about a somewhat mundane yet simple problem that they're dealing with and even sort of the bits are the same like uh, friend season one has a a long scene in a laundromat where they're trying to figure out uh what's david Schwimmer's character's name again ross ross's yeah. love life um mm-hmm. he's like sexually frustrated with rachel um so there's like a there's some almost there's a lot of overlap and obviously this show came out whatever five years before friends mm-hmm. so the influence is is apparent but if if seinfeld is on a fence line and it could have gone one or two ways it could have gone that that route that you're talking about this like single man dating in new york route or it went the route that it did go which is cultural touchstone very eccentric you cannot repeat it at all there's no there's not there hasn't been a show like seinfeld since seinfeld right. um i think it's well, very interesting that Seinf- there's one well, that's somewhat close <laughs> We can talk well, about it in a minute. Uh, yeah, we can. <laughs> I think I think Friends falls on the other side of the fence where it went mm-hmm. very conventional and it had this. It started off in the same space that you're talking about, where it's like these upper middle class white people bitching about their problems that aren't that big of problems, <laughs> and then it was just like, well, it's going to be this ten seasons of that, and mm-hmm. it was successful as well. Um, but I'm so glad that Seinfeld went the other way, and it is. It's just very strange looking at it. I mean, this is the beauty of pilot episodes, right? And that they are almost like children, <laughs> and you don't know what they're gonna, if they're going to develop into a, a serial killer mm-hmm. or they're going to develop into the leader of the free world. Those um, are the two options, really. Those are the two options, yes. Uh, so it, it's just, uh, it's very, it's I don't know, it's very interesting to watch this now to see what it became. And I don't know if I would ever ever recommend watching this to someone who didn't watch the rest of the show or had ever seen an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. You wouldn't start here. It, it, it is weird. Despite being the start of the show, if I if somebody is going, oh, what's this Seinfeld show about? I would not show them this episode as the one to start them on. I'd, I'd give them you know, something different first. I, I think you hear that a lot. We'll, we'll explore this when we do pilot program episode on Parks and Recreation, but that also <laughs> has a very much, like you watch that first episode of Parks and Recreation, you go, what is this? Like They just mm-hmm. made The Office with Amy Poehler as the star. Mm-hmm. And that show drastically changes uh, between its first and second season. I would say maybe even like halfway through the second season is where they finally start to figure out what that show is supposed to be or what they actually want that show to be that that finds a heart and becomes a whole different thing that I really love. I love uh, Parks and Rec is one, also one of my favorite shows. But um, yeah, it's, it's very similar to Seinfeld here of it just kind of feels like it's it hasn't found its way quite yet. And I mean, they're pilots. You're they, we're going to deal with that a lot, right. I imagine. Um, but but this one specifically, because we know so much about what that show became, what that show is to start with is is very odd. Uh, one other thing, uh, it looks like Jerry's gotten uh, a home makeover. Uh, he lost his giant window in the corner. Yeah, uh, and I, I think know. they stole that for the Friends set. Isn't that just how the Friends apartment is with like the weird it's similar. window that juts out? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it devalued his apartment uh, <laughs> there. Maybe I hope it lowered his rent because yeah. it, he, it, the apartment that he has in the rest of the series is a one bedroom, one bathroom. Pretty typical um, New York apartment, probably on the slightly larger side for a mm-hmm. one bedroom. 
Uh, but it's not like the the friends apartments at all where they're right. unrealistically large. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, you talk about, you talked earlier about some of the, um, the reasons why it didn't get picked up and that it was too New York and too Jewish. And it is very much both those things throughout the, the series. Um, but I'm glad that at least their depiction of New York is rarely sanitized. Um, and you can see it kind of throughout this episode, this uh, episode as well. He gets a, a call, a, a wrong number call and he gives mm-hmm. the guy lip. There's no like apologizing or like trying to help the guy out. It's he, Jerry just kind of fires right back at him, gives him attitude. Yeah. Um, talking like strangers are constantly coming up to them in the show and, and they're interacting with them, even if it's just like, you know, winks and nods. Um, I, I think it is a very New York show and it's a very Jewish show, but you know, that's, it's reflective of Jerry Seinfeld. He's a Jewish New Yorker. So of course mm-hmm. it's going to be one. Um, yeah. I feel yeah, like I, I cut you off a long time ago that you had a different point to make. And I, we've I lost that thread. all the time, so I probably deserve it. I also talk all the time, so any anytime you talk, I is, need to interrupt. This yeah. whole series so is going to be every time you talk you. is technically cutting me off because I just won't <laughs> stop talking if you don't. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of stuff on the pilot here. I think we can get more into what happens after this. Uh, in fact, what happens after Seinfeld itself? We know that it went on to be one of the the top rated shows of all time. Was number one in the ratings for for a long time. And after season seven, correct? Um, that's where they said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna call this quits." They went out on top because um, they a lot of people were just well. I think Jerry specifically was a little tired at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also know that Larry David left the show in the middle. Oh, it went nine seasons. Sorry, Larry David left after season seven. The show went nine seasons. Um, okay, I was wrong about that. Um, so what happened to these people afterward? Well, Jerry Seinfeld, he went back to stand-up after the end of the show. Um, he, he just loves stand-up. He's one of the weird stand-up comedians who always talks about loving doing stand-up, loving being in front of people, loving doing the travel, where you hear a lot of stand-up comedians go like, I like being up there. I hate all the bullshit that comes around with that. Um, but Jerry, Jerry loves it. Um, he would do a number of guest appearances on other shows. He uh, On Mad About You... 30 Rock, uh, we'll talk about Curb, and he also showed up on an episode of Inside Amy Schumer, um, and he also starred in the 2007 classic B-movie. Pierce, have you seen B-movie? I have, yeah. Um, I have not. Is is B-movie as terrible as people say it is? I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. I think it has gotten memefied to the nth degree, sure. and the, the whatever quality it had or didn't have is lost to time, because you can't divorce it from the context of the internet yeah that, that's like fair. Use I, it. <laughs> I, I do kind of feel like i have seen b movie through osmosis uh despite not yeah. having seen like a single frame of the movie proper because it has been memed to death in in that way um and then also uh seinfeld created the the web show comedians in cars getting coffee which lasted 11 seasons from 2012 to 2019 he's always loved cars i know that but at one yeah. point, he was very adamant that he didn't drink coffee or he didn't like coffee. Uh, and I think that became like a different love for him uh, at some point. And that's where the, the show came. It's very kind of it's a great. It, I really enjoyed that show. If you I mean, there are yeah. 15 minute episodes also. Like if you got time to kill between things, you, it's, it's a good way it, to spend time. It does. It feels like a coda to something like Seinfeld of if Seinfeld at least originally started as a show about how comedians get their the material, 
comedian in the cars getting coffee is kind of about well let's talk about the material that you've done and and let's go through careers let's talk about the essence of comedy uh it's a more philosophical thing than than seinfeld was in its in its goal in its original goal at the very least I think that's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. And also, a lot of really good people on there. In fact, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure everybody from the core cast shows up in an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, if not multiple times. Um, yeah, I don't... J- I Jason can't recall the Jason Alexander one. Yeah, yeah uh, I know, I know the other two show up. Yeah. And, and Larry Richard David and as Julie well. Really. Yeah. And Larry David, of course, yeah. Uh, well, Jason Alexander, uh, he would have a little bit less luck post Seinfeld. In fact, uh, you know there was a lot of talk of a Seinfeld curse going on that anybody who was on Seinfeld uh, just didn't seem to have any sort of success outside of the show after it after it went off the air. Uh, J- Jason, he would do 2001 Bob's <laughs> 2001's Bob Patterson and 2004's Listen Up. Uh, both of those would be canceled, I believe, after one season. And they wouldn't get very far yeah. at all. Um, but Alexander has found a lot more success in the theater, and he's done some voiceover work, and he's currently the voice of Cy Borgman, good name, on HBO's Harley Quinn cartoon. I hear that cartoon is also quite good. I don't care. I am so sick of superheroes that I could not possibly watch that. But... Um, but you that's know, fair. Good, I'm, good I'm not going to watch that. We will not watch that for this. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, we said, Pierce, at the top of the show, we said we're going to watch Listen, every single pilot ever made. And we so don't we'll have a Patreon, it. but if our patrons wanted to uh, subscribe at the highest tier, yes, I guess we'll watch If our show. patrons would like to build us a Patreon and then give us money to it, they're welcome to. But uh, in the meantime, this show is just going to be free. Um, which also means we can do whatever we want and we won't, we do not have to take your suggestions. Um, <laughs> moving on, Michael Richards. Oh boy. Um, Oof. after Seinfeld, uh, Richards was starring his own show appropriately, ti- appropriately titled the Michael Richards show lasted eight episodes. Um, and then more infamously, Michael Richards is remembered for his racist rant, uh, after being heckled during a set at the laugh factory in 2006, Richards, uh, I mean, he publicly apologized a number of times. He eventually retired from stand-up. He he came on. Uh, I think he Jerry was on uh, was a guest on David Letterman, uh, relatively soon after the incident. And Michael Richards even called in via satellite and and offered an apology, which didn't go over well because the the I remember watching this episode of of, uh, of David Letterman where the audience just kept laughing because he's Kramer and he's, he's, he's not trying to be funny. He absolutely is not. In fact, at one point, Jerry's like, guys, he's not being funny. We, you shouldn't laugh, but his delivery, you just, the audience is anticipating a joke because he's fucking Kramer. And, it it was it didn't come off very well. I think it worked a lot better. He came on uh, an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, um, and and did a, a more uh, uh, I would say a, a better received apology because that show was taped and, mm-hmm. and you know didn't have a live studio audience laughing at everything he said, so they could be a little bit more introspective on that. Um, and then I think he showed up on multiple episodes of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, so he's he's done some other stuff that way. Uh, and then most Small recently. Stuff, yeah. 
Uh, he played a recurring role in the 2013 and 2014 Kirstie Alley sitcom, Kirstie. We know she hasn't had any problems whatsoever, right? <laughs> She's been great, yeah. so no problem. You know, maybe maybe Roseanne has a spot for him. Uh, oh, wait, no. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Ugh, okay. Um, Julia, uh, <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus, yeah. though, arguably the most successful of the Seinfeld alums. She's had for big sure. success in uh, The New Adventures of Old Christine and also in Veep. Uh, Veep, fantastic show. Uh, Christine, Christine's fine. It's, it's a, not bad. Yeah, it, it's, it's. I remember it was a, it was another NBC show, right? Mid two thousand sort of thing. I think it was CBS. Was it CBS? Okay, I, it I remember CBS. as a teenager watching that show kind of every night, every week night it came out because I mean I was a big Seinfeld fan, so yeah, I was going to watch anything she was in. But yeah, I, I would be interested to actually go back to that show. We can add that to our list. We'll add it to the list. I mean, every every again every show we'll oh every show that. that's right yeah <laughs> we'll we are get shackled to, to this we'll get desk to uh, but uh yeah I, i'm looking forward to that um she also had a reoccurring role on arrested development and she is now part of the marvel cinematic universe they got In her way <laughs> she, uh she showed up at the end of okay again pierce i don't watch any of this okay. shit uh I'm the so mouse exhausted. comes for us all i think she showed up at the end of wandavision and she's right. like, she's like, I've lost somebody... interest. Move on. Who's yeah, the next one, Larry David? She's like somebody in a suit who like works for Shield or something. But she might be a bad guy. I don't fucking know. Julia, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is amazing, and she's cancer free now. Is that I, true? I think that's. I think you're that's nodding. Right. I think okay. that's right. Great. Yeah, uh, and then there's Larry David. Uh, he left Seinfeld after season seven. He went on to write and direct and star in the 1998 movie Sour Grapes. Pierce, have you seen Sour Grapes? No. Neither have I. Um, okay. I, I heard people said it was like a, a movie version of Seinfeld. Um, yeah, which, maybe. Which maybe to me, I'm like, it. okay, yeah. sounds great. <laughs> um, uh, I think somebody said like, oh, this feels like it was written for TV. It's like, well, he's a TV writer. What do you want That seems him? like a slight, actually. That's, that's, what, he, that's what he does. Um, but of course, Pretty we know him best these days for playing himself in the long running, longer than Seinfeld uh, show Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is currently, uh, I believe they're working in production or pre-production on its 12th season. Uh, it's a lot of seasons. Uh, it's, it's certainly been longer than 12 years, though, because they don't put those things out once a year. Uh, I Cur- We will definitely do an episode on Curb at some point. Uh, Curb. Fantastic show, and and I think probably the closest thing to a true successor to Seinfeld. Yeah, it's it's definitely of a um, HBO strata uh, mm-hmm. of the like. I don't know. They're they're like because it came out in like two thousand six. You said when was it? When did it debut? I, I did not um, say when it debuted. I don't remember. <laughs> there's a certain like budget and camera style that I feel like is very evocative of that era. And I think it will have this discussion when we watch that episode, but that first episode is also very different than the rest of the show. Right. But I mean, also curb your enthusiasm, single camera show versus the the multi-camera live studio audience that you get out of something like Seinfeld. But in terms Mm -hmm. of tone situations, it's Larry David being annoyed about the, the everyday, the world uh, slights that, that he perceives in the world for sure. Um, And, and of course we have to mention there was even, a mini Seinfeld reunion as they uh, brought back a lot of the principal cast to the core four, at least to come back for an in-universe Seinfeld reunion during Curb Your Enthusiasm, which of course 
doesn't doesn't go very well because how could it go well in the world of curb your enthusiasm all right pierce let's uh let's get ready to wrap this thing up uh first question or one question for you what is your favorite bit character in seinfeld whole show not, uh, not just this first so, episode so not counting the uh, core four is what you're saying correct yeah i think it'd be george steinbrenner Who's played by Larry David? It's a really good one. Uh, is yeah. is he played by Larry David or is he just voiced? I think the voiced man by in the he's chair. voiced by Larry. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, think the I don't know who the man in the chair is. Yeah, yeah. But Larry but David does show him. up a lot in the show. Uh, like he's he's the cape, the guy with the cape at one point. That's right. Um, yep. <laughs> he's uh, he's one of the guys who works for uh, is it Greenpeace when the the executive of NBC is like infatuated with Elaine and he's like going out to try to stop the whaling um, yep. he's the um, <laughs> the the flaming the flaming balls of Sigmund on on TV that Jerry remembers and writes down uh, and then yeah. can't read his own handwriting the next day uh, he, he makes a lot of appearances and certainly a lot of voices as well like a lot of off-screen mm-hmm. voices uh, he's he's fantastic I I kind of agree George Steinbrenner is his best role on the show it's really it's really good and just skewers the the character the the person of george uh, steinbrenner so well mm-hmm. um i i think for me hmm, it it is a toss-up uh steinbrenner's steinbrenner's up there i i really do like um brian cranston's character of um <laughs> why am i forgetting the dentist's name mr uh, tim, tim, tim watley. watley yes yep. tim watley's up yep. there uh but it's jay peterman Jay Peterman is is just uh, he's so good in every single episode. I I watched the game show to tell the truth just so I could watch more of John O'Hurley do his thing. The way he talks <laughs> is so fantastic. It is it is really he, he's an incredible character throughout. Elaine has great uh, coworkers throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Like her her work life is something that is really developed um and eventually they give it to george as well but uh throughout the show like who she who's the um the old man that she is like mr pitt his mr pitt yeah mr mm-hmm. pitt's great as well yeah mr um, lipman yeah she's she's had quite a quite a few as well um mm-hmm. i also really like her dating life uh patrick warburton is just one of my favorite putty. character actors uh, putty, putty he's my so second good. favorite yep he's he's quite good as well um well, I just wanted to have a time where we could just talk about some Seinfeld stuff because this pilot is so not Seinfeld compared to what we're <laughs> what we yeah. became used to uh, that it feels weird to have an episode about Seinfeld and to not talk about those things. So I'm, I'm glad we had For this sure. little section here. Um, all right, I think it's about time. It looks like we're about to reach our destination. So I will say that uh, next time on Pilot Program, we'll be watching Young Sheldon. No, that's not true. No, we're not doing that. I I will say we don't have patrons yet. We don't have to. We don't have to give it to their demands. We have a we have a list. It's it's hundreds of name hundreds of shows long at this point. So we'll we'll never get through them all. But uh, if there's ever a time where we can't agree on what should be the next thing that we do, Young Sheldon will always be there in the background to force us to do something better than Young Sheldon. <laughs> so just know that if we're ever get into a heated discussion about what are we going to sure. do, it might end up being Young Sheldon. Hopefully that's. I will take the Harley Quinn cartoon over <laughs> Young Sheldon. Well, we'll do something closer to Harley Quinn. Uh, I know I just talked about how much I fucking hate superhero shit right now. 
so what a perfect time to watch The Boys. <laughs> that will actually Amazon be Amazon Prime's our... yes. The Boys. Amazon Prime's The Boys. Uh, that will actually be our next episode. I've had a ton of friends who swear by the show who say, oh, Chase, I know you I know you are tired of superhero stuff, but like this show is the one that undercuts that stuff. So you'll you'll like it. It's a subversion of superhero stuff. I'm like, I don't Just think I'm going to like that either. Dorks. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe we'll both end up loving the boys. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. Yada, yada, yada. sorry. Get to uh, it. God. Um, all right. Let's get to some plugs. You can find Pilot Program on Twitter at Pilot Program Pod. You can, uh, I was going to say you can write in. We have a Gmail. I don't remember where the Gmail is. I'll tell you next episode. Don't worry about it. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Chase underscore Kenneke. That's K-O-E-N-E-K-E. -E. Uh, I do a number of other things as well. I have a video game podcast I do with my friends. It's called The Casual Hour. You can find that show at thecasualhour.com. We've got, uh, we, we do a, a weekly live stream um, for our podcast, and then we also stream video games on Mondays and Fridays on twitch.tv slash thecasualhour. Uh, I have another podcast I do called Gamers on the Go. It's about handheld video games specifically. You can find those episodes at gamersonthego.com. Pierce has been on a number of those episodes. I have. Mostly the bad ones. Is, is, that, but... is that podcast is still running? Hey, shut up. I was talking today <laughs> about when the next episode of that's going to be. Delete this uh, plug. <laughs> I think we're I think we're going to record a new episode of that in November. Uh, okay. But yeah, that's, that's certainly not a weekly show. Uh, I would even say it's a monthly show. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel uh, to, to round things out. Chasey K plays search for that on YouTube and you'll find it there. And, and that's where I do some let's plays of some video games. Currently I'm playing Steamworld heist, uh, which is a really fun game from 2015 Pierce. What did, yeah. what do you want to tell people about yourself? So here, here's the thing. I am not big for social media. Mm -hmm. I have an Instagram and a Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, which I haven't tweeted in like a year uh, at PJ Corshane, but I'm going to use my segment to plug an album i really like great every something single somebody should listen to from front to back Some, something that Don't someone should me. listen to in a certain context um so the album i really like right now is by a, a producer called deep chord one word deep chord and the name of the album is functional designs and it is a down tempo trance very low-key like pops and hisses from machinery four four beat um, it's great for studying or, or working to. It's also great to just kind of space out at the end of the day. Uh, it's very long, but it's an awesome ambient album that just came out, and I think you should listen to it. I'm I'm going to cherish this segment every time we do it because you're going to say a bunch of words, none of which yep. I understand, and uh, it's it's fine. I've, I've heard fine. somebody say 4-4 four, four beat before. I don't think I understand what 4-4 four, four beat is, uh, but I know it when I hear it. <laughs> that's great. That's going to be fun. That's, that's That'll be a fun segment. I'm glad you're doing that. Um, anyway, that's it. As we prepare for landing, uh, I hope you enjoyed your flight. Until then, thank you for flying the friendly skies <laughs> uh, on the... <laughs> on the pilot program. See you next time. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars 
let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words. 